This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So for everybody out there, if you're ashamed or afraid to tell your friends, everybody I've told has gotten me closer together, together with them. This past year, I was the first time I sat with Rondé Barber, who's been one of my best friends I've ever had since, the, I've, since he got drafted. And we have a whole crew together, me, him, a guy named Ben Helfund and Brian Radigan, and, and Raheem Morris is in that group too. And I was down at the Super Bowl and I had one of those days and I said, hey man, I need to see all you guys. So what's up? He, he thought I was making some big announcement. I said, hey man, I just need to see you, man. I'm, and then I, to, I kind of really told them how bad my depression and anxiety is. And they're like, why have you never told us this before? I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing now. So that's what I'm doing now with people to get them to understand. But the other thing I want you to understand, I'm not using it as a crutch. Like my depression and anxiety has led me to be this successful. Right? My lack of ability to love myself on the inside has made me do all these great things on the outside to make me feel some love. So... I'm not going to let it end me. I'm going to continue to have it empower me. Hi, my name is Pete McCall, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you heard in the beginning, very recognizable, is NFL insider and author Jay Glazer. I recorded this interview with Jay last year in the fall of 2021 when he was promoting his program, MVP, Merging Players and Vets. Jay has a remarkable background. He was in the first generation of MMA fighters, and we'll hear him talk about that. He kind of morphed and evolved out of MMA and started training other athletes in mixed martial arts techniques. And you're going to hear him talk about how he started doing that and, and what resulted from that. But finally, the ultimate culmination is he has a studio called a training studio called Unbreakable, where he brings in veterans. He brings in people who served our military and served our country, but are dealing with mental health challenges. And with his book Unbreakable, and now he has a podcast Unbreakable, and that's why I'm rerunning this. I've been recording new interviews. I know I've run a few few repeats lately, 
but I have a whole string of new content coming up. But I'm rerunning Jay's interview because it's Veterans Day and because mental health is such an important topic. If you're a listener of All About Fitness, if you listen on a regular basis, I put the podcast on pause for a few months this year because I had a lot going on. And in reality, I was having my own struggle with depression. It's something I live with. I think I've been pretty open about it on the podcast. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And things got a little bit uh, just, I don't want to say any, it wasn't anything negative, wasn't anything bad. Just, I got busy. I was writing a book. I'm doing the podcast. I have a new job that requires travel. And things just got a little much. And I had to press pause on one or two things. And that included the podcast. And I started, things were happening. I started seeing a therapist again. I upped my AA meetings and, you know, that's what it takes. I leaned on other people. I reached out to other people and I said, you know what? I'm not in a good space right now. I need, I need a little help. And that's what Jay talks about. That's why I'm rerunning this right now. An amazing story. Jay has a remarkable background and a remarkable story. And it really was a lot of fun to have this conversation. One note, we were having the conversation. We had, we had booked the date to have the interview there was a technical glitch, so we started the interview, we had to stop, and we had to come back and pick it up at another time. So it, there is a break, and you're going to hear that. But what's more remarkable, what I really want you to listen to, is, is Jay's background, Jay's story, and more importantly, most importantly, Jay's openness about speaking about his mental health. His courage to do that has given me more courage, and I'm sure has given others, many others out there, more courage. That, combined with supporting the men and women who put their lives in harm's way, to be able to to give us our, our freedom and the opportunities we have here. I mean, it's Veterans Day. I want to honor those men and women by rerunning this episode and hopefully raising more awareness to the issue of mental health, PTSD, and those type issues among those who served our country. So with that, it's an honor to repeat Jay Glazer, the author of Unbreakable, the founder of the Unbreakable Fitness Center. He has an Unbreakable podcast now. His podcast is called Unbreakable. I'm actually have a link down below to, to Jay's interview with Randy Couture on his Unbreakable podcast. And I don't think I've ever done that in the 400 or so episodes I've done. I've never linked to somebody else's podcast. But I'm really, I've been listening to Jay's podcast and it's been helping me. So I'm going to turn around and help you. With that, NFL insider and Mr. Unbreakable himself, Mr. Jay Glazer. On this episode of All About Fitness, this is somebody I never thought I'd speak to, but I really am stoked for this conversation. It's Jay Glazer. How are you doing today, Jay? Well, how are you, man? I am doing well. Uh, the question I have, man, I've been fo- I follow you loosely. Obviously, I'm an NFL fan. How did you get into being a coach, being a trainer, and into conditioning? I'm just going to jump right into it because that's one of the things. Like in my mind, it's like, how did you make that transition from being a reporter to being a strength coach? No, I'm not a strength coach. Okay. Okay, totally. I asked strength coach to help us. I am uh, a fight coach or a mental fight coach, if you will. And look, you know, I started reporting back in the day in 93, covering the Giants, uh, and then was, you know, covering the NFL after that. But on the side, nobody knew I was fighting. Oh, okay. The early days of, of mixed martial arts, you, you know, we were, uh, we were a little ostracized, if you will. You know, you couldn't really tell a girl who's, uh, who you're dating's dad, oh, yeah, fighting the cage. Like, what are you, what? <laughs> um, so, and, and at the time, Senator McCain had come out and called it human cockfighting. But, like, for me, fighting um, is as much a, a mental health thing for me as anything else. Like, the gym for me is a mental health place. I felt comfortable. I felt more comfortable in a cage with Randy Couture beating the hell out of me and safer there 
than I did outside our walls. It doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of other people, but I, I'm sure you get it a little bit, right? Like, man, those, those walls for me are just, it's a safe place. And, you know, so here I was fighting in the early days and nobody knew. And, <laughs> um, and at the time I was working at CBS. So, so I, look, I started wrestling in 1982, boxing in 88, I think. Um, and then took off for a while and was just kind of a screw up. And then um, was taking a, a form of martial arts, Jeet Kune Do, which is Bruce Lee style. And my coach at the time, uh, Christian Montez, his name, he was getting ready to fight in his first mixed martial arts event, which was an illegal fight in uh, Brighton Beach, Brooklyn. It wasn't legalized until a couple of years ago. Um, and he needed help. He said, I know you have a wrestling background. Can you help me now with these takedowns? And I was like, yeah, sure. And once I took him down, he's like, well, not, now you can punch me in the face. I'm like, well, hell, this is fantastic. <laughs> so, I, so I got involved and I was at CBS at the time. And I was like, man, I really want to do this. And uh, there was a guy named Mark Kerr, who ironically I train with now, the Smashing Machine. HBO just did a documentary on him. And I was like, man, that's, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to do. So here I am working at CBS, covering the NFL for CBS. And I went into the bosses there and I said, hey, uh, I want to compete in this mixed martial arts. And they just heard martial arts and they're like, oh, that's cute. No problem. <laughs> and nothing like that. And I would literally go down, man, you know, one, one weekend, went down to Atlantic City Boardwalk Hall, fought, beat my guy, um, and got back in the car, was on TV the next day, and nobody had any idea. And um, except I had a, a big weld here, because back then, at least these rules, you could headbutt. I think in my fight, you were able to headbutt once and get a warning. <laughs> and then so I was like, absolutely. Um, and then I broke that knuckle, and so I just kept it like in my you know, pocket. Well, man, fast forward, I signed with Fox now, a few months later. And uh, the day before my first day at Fox, I competed in the Naga Worlds and, and won those at World Submission Fighting Championships. <clears throat> and but somehow I ended up getting, like, I, I love to fight. I didn't say I'm very good, though. So I come <laughs> in, I still stay at Fox, my eyes shut, my foot is broke, my ribs are broke. And the bosses of the Fox are like, what happened to you? I'm like, I just won the World Submission Fighting Championship. <laughs> They're like, we don't know what that is, but you will never, ever do it again. I'm like, why? I'm clearly not on TV for my looks. Um, <laughs> and so I kept doing it on the side uh, out here in Arizona. And, man, I kept coming in, busted up, busted up, and busted up. And finally, there was one day I went to go. I was hosting a show. Uh, it was myself, Eddie George, Tim Brown, and Jason Seahorn. That day, one of my teammates was getting ready. Uh, Jamie Varner was a teammate. He was getting ready to fight Benson Henderson for the WEC Lightweight Championship of the World. I was sparring with, with him and another guy named Tim McKenzie. And this was the day, the day before. Um, Jamie cracked this bone on me right here, right? And Tim McKenzie gave me a gash here and then up kicked me and then broke that tooth, this one right here. And I come in to host this show. <laughs> the makeup artist is like, uh, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like, what? You just, you know, you put some makeup. She's like, you're missing a tooth. <laughs> so I hosted the entire show like this. Hi, everybody. Jay Glazer, Tim Brown, Jason Sierra, Eddie George. And the bosses called me in and said, hey, listen, we're all about your fight career. Really? Yeah. You come in as anything that a hangnail from now on. 
you're off Fox, you're off RF forever. And, but, you know, I'm sure for, for all your listeners, listeners and viewers out there, you can understand it. Like, man, I need that, right? You need fitness. People need to work up. We need to train. I need to train here to keep the room in my head talking nicely to each other. So I shifted from, okay, they said I can't fight. They didn't say anything about coaching. So I literally learned how to coach immediately. And I started coaching these football players that I was covering and I was training with. And what I was trying to do is teach the football players, the fighter mentality, and this relentlessness that we have at Unbreakable now, this relentless, our style is just relentless, 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 like nonstop. We're exhausting until you go, holy crap, get him off me. <laughs> trying to teach our players that. And then I was trying to take the sport IQ that football players have, which is extremely smart, and give it to our fighters, how to watch film, how to look for tendencies, things like that. And man, the whole thing just blew up. The, the first guy we ever trained was a, a long snapper from the Chiefs. And people don't know this. He's a part-time defensive end, long snapper from the Chiefs. Got drafted as a long snapper. We took 25 pounds off his frame. Um, really got his hands whizzing. Opened up his hips like crazy. But more than anything, we shifted it. Mate, he may not have been the baddest SOB on the planet, but we got him to think he is. And that long snapper was Jared Allen, who then went out and got 15 sacks that year. And credited us with a lot of it and all of a sudden everybody called in the league and said holy crap whatever you did for him do it for us and i was like i don't know what the hell we did for him so <laughs> randy couture and a couple other guys got together we we put together this program the first you know mixed martial arts cross training program in america for, for pro athletes and you know you were asking me about the strength conditioning side of it what i do is i coach between the years behind the rib cage right that's what i'm going to do I need strength conditioning coaches to build up that body armor so we could use that body better. Um, what's surrounding between the ears and behind the rib cage? I know it's a long ass answer for you, man, but yeah, I'm giving you the, the whole backstory. So I love the fact that your background is in mixed martial arts because as a young guy, I remember we're about the same age. I remember being in my early 20s in the mid 90s and watching the first couple UFC matches on, on videotape. That's how long ago it was, right? You had it on VHS. And that was when it was just a hodgepodge. You had the sumo guy versus the martial arts guy, the Krav Maga versus the boxer. What, when you first saw that, when you, and you first saw that type of competition, what was your reaction? I actually thought it was more of like a freak show at first. Like, like you know, I think we're, America was looking at it that way. And um, I'm not sure why, but obviously, you know, obviously, I quickly fell in love with it. And um, my first, I, I had two pro fights. 2003 and four, I think. Um, and that's when Fo I signed with Fox in 2004. And, um, but again, I, yeah, I was cornering guys and, uh, man, I, I look for me, I think it's so special and almost majestic that I got in on a sport when it started, if you will, you know, I know it's been around for a long time, you know, shoot, Bruce Lee was kind of, you know, had the mixed martial arts, you know, understanding and, you know, Helio Gracie and the guys, that, I mean, it's been around, but really, um, and I try and tell people this, how honored I am that it's like we got involved in the NFL in 1925, like at the start of something that became big. And, you know, I, I used to go out with my friends. And by then I had visibility, right? And my friends, like nobody knew who Randy was. And then all of a sudden, you know, people, hey, what's with your friend with the, with the ears? Ah, I don't, don't. 
oh, you guys don't want to do that. Don't say it, you know? And then literally like, the next year, the ultimate fighter would come out. And the next year was like, oh my God, you know Randy Couture? Like, yeah, dude, you guys, it's the same guy I had last year that you all make <laughs> one of his ears. And um, it just, it just took off so fast. But yeah, look, there's, Nate Diaz said it once. He said the sport institutionalizes you. And it does. I'm 51 years old and I still spar every week, train every week. I am really proud of my scars that I got from doing this sport. I, I'm not a good fighter. Like I, I'm really, I'm not at all. Um, but my job when I get in a cage with you, you're probably going to win, but I'm going to make it a horrible day for you. That's <laughs> all I care about. Like I don't hunt the wins. I just care to make it like this is going to be so awful for you because I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to not stop and not stop and not stop. And um, that's something I got from, from Couture that we took to a, a different level. And you know, I trained with Henzo Gracie in the early days. I got choked out in my first fight because it was all style versus style. And I didn't know any jujitsu. I was a boxer wrestler. So then I said, well, I better go learn this stuff. And went over Henzo's and, and man, some of my best friends on the planet, like Jay Haran, uh, when I met all the way back then are still like, we're still together. It's such a, a beautiful community. And, you know, it's funny because fighters are probably the most vulnerable emotionally of anybody you'll ever be around. Like no one's crushing our man. So we can open up to each other. We can cry to each other. We can get really cool and, and vulnerable with, with each other. So those relationships for me are really strong. Just a little reminder that we had a little hiccup of some technical difficulties in the first interview. So we're going to jump right in and get into a slightly different angle of the conversation right here. So, Jay, at what point did you make that transition from being a fighter to, to training other people, to taking your experience of what you learned and, and starting to train and condition others? Well, my boss at Fox said, you ain't doing this anymore. <laughs> That's about it. And they're like, I'm like, why not? And they're like, we're not having you come on TV like this. I'm like, why? Well, I'm clearly not on TV for my looks. Who cares? <laughs> they didn't really understand it back then. But for me, like coaching, martial arts for me is, is more about my mental health. Um, and that fighter, that kind of fight, it, 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 we say it unbreakable, we build you up from the inside out. And so I couldn't stop. It institutionalizes you, and I learned how to start coaching guys. And what I did was I created the first mixed martial arts cross-training program for pro athletes, right, for football players and, and all sports. And what I did was I gave them that fighter mentality. And the way we fight at Unbreakable is a lot of nonverbal stuff. And it's really Randy Couture's system that I just ramped up, took from him and then took from others. So, like, man, we do a lot behind our rib cage in between our ears. Like, in, in between rounds, our fighters do not take stools in between rounds. Like, if we are hurt or tired, you will never, ever fucking know. And, you know, as we start ramping up our pace, we're just relentless, relentless, relentless. You know, most people sign up for a sport. I ain't sign up for a fighter, get taken into deep waters. And so if I can give that mentality to football players, because look how big, fast, strong they are, think of how great they could be, how unbreakable they could be. By pushing our breaking points, we could perform that way on a football field or a cage. And I would tell these guys, like, listen, man, we're doing five-minute rounds with one-minute break here in, in the cage. You damn sure could do a seven-second round with a one-minute break on a football field. But think about that. And the same time, football players have such a high sport IQ. They're so smart. And, like, man, they're the best poker players in the world. The quarterback goes like this, they'll tell, or a left guard, there used to be a guard for the Eagles. Every time his elbow went like this, it meant that Donovan McNabb was bootlegging to the left side. Right? Every time the right tackle's foot was up a certain way, and this is 
coming me from, from Michael Strahan, who played against John Runyon. However, his right foot was told everything. Receivers, when they're getting the ball, sometimes they'll be in their stance two inches down. And when they're not, they're more upright. And it's just like little things. And you got to make adjustments on the fly, sometimes with an audible, or sometimes all 11 of you have to see the same thing, make the same side adjustment. But if you watch this film, and I, and I have the, had the, I don't know if I'd say pleasure, of watching all this film with Michael Strahan over the years, and really for me, I mean, it killed me with my ADD, but and he was like, Jay, look at this, look at this. I'm like, what are you looking at? He's like, look, 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 look at this guy's fingers on this play. He does this when they're gonna have a, uh, a play action. There's what? Like, look, his pinky started going like that. What are you talking about? Like, but I took that and I started giving it to our fighters. Guys, let's start watching film. Let's start looking for tells. Let's start using that. So if I can take the football smarts and transfer here and the fighter mentality and transfer here, that's where it all worked. And for me, it's been beautiful. And then what I did was I took all that. And instead of just being a, a gym for athletes, I opened up Unbreakable. It's athletes was too seasonal. And I wanted to give that same mentality, the same fight team to the, the, the rich and famous and the successful people uh, in LA that need a private place that could look bad. So what I mean is the only way I'm gonna get better is if I look shitty doing something, right? I have to learn something, I'm gonna be terrible at it. Well, if I go to other you know big box gyms, I can't do that because people are taking pictures and their photo and I wanna be able to get better. So I've gotta be able to check my ego at the door. So if you come in unbreakable, man, they don't come in there with their managers or agents or nothing like that. We all check our ego at the door. My gym has no mirrors in it. Not one mirror. I was just about to ask you that. I, I saw your tour of the gym. I was looking at it on YouTube and I was going to ask you like, why, why the no mirror mindset? I, I love that. And I'm hundred percent with you, but why specifically do you, do you take that approach? Because I don't want anybody else's back turned to the rest of the team. We're in this shit together. That's it. I'm trying to build a fight team. And not a literal fight team because we don't do as much of that anymore. We had, but I just want everybody in our place to know, hey, you got a fight team walking these walks, walk with you outside our doors. And if you're sitting there looking at yourself in a mirror, you're not helping your team out. So we have a team. And then the other thing I did in Unbreakable, you're going to talk about building us from the inside out. I think I became the first gym in America to put a mental health therapist right there on site. So our clients can go anywhere from 10 minutes to a full hour session. And like for me, um, my charity came about and the way we talk, like after I'm in the cage with Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, and we beat the dog shit out of each other, that's when like, the emotions come out. That's when I, that's when we talk about our many divorces. There's been a lot between the three of us. That's when we've, uh, we talk about our issues. That's when, we, that's when we get really vulnerable. So I'm like, it'd be a great, and, the, you know, again, like I said, the world's a scarier place with social media. We're all comparing ourselves to everybody else's fake filtered fraction of a second. We all feel left out. I don't care who you are. We all feel, feel left out nowadays. We feel like our own lives suck, and it's, uh, it's a hard life. Well, and I was watching, I watched your interview with, with Lane Johnson, and, and I, that's actually the one good thing about the little break we had is, is that you were able to have that interview. Why is it, what is it about competing, whether it's football, whether it's, it's MMA or whether it's life, what is it about that competition that can make us vulnerable, that can make us a little bit vulnerable? I mean, in your experience in terms of athletes, what's that? I mean, after we're done training is when... Man, the endorphins just release, so you're able to do it. But the other end of it, I mean, I'm almost contradicting how we go because I'm telling our fighters, 
don't show any pain, right? Don't show it. If I break my elbow, you will never, ever, ever know. I've trained with so much bad shit, and I, I take honor in that. Like, you'll never know, and I'll just ramp it up on you. But at the same time, I want us all to know what your pain is behind the ribcage or your pain is behind the ears. So I want us to know. So, like, again, when we're in the cage, I'm not going to show it. But outside the cage, I, I make us an unbreakable. You have to do as much pre-cover and recover. We, we recover you as hard as we train you. So I want people to know, hey, that means your heart too. So when you're outside the cage, I want you to go sit with our therapist. I want you to talk to the group. I want you to say, hey, man, I'm struggling this week. Hey, like, again, vulnerabilities are true strength. And if we could do that, you know, I'm building this community where you'll have people who you never, ever, ever expected. Like, I'll see Wiz Khalifa over there, and he'll sit over there. I'm like, hey, 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 what's up, man? Roommates in your head getting to He's like, yeah, man, this is going on today. I'm like, talk, let's sit and talk about it. We sit in the cage, we talk. You know, and sometimes I've been in there and Wiz has said to me, what are the roommates in your head saying to you right now? I'm like, Fox, it's a bad day, Wiz. Come on, man, let's go talk. And then, hey, let's go train. Let's get it out. It's just a beautiful thing. You know, training comes from the inside out. Unbreakable, we build you from the inside out. Well, talk, and that's our products too. Like our, our whole thing is, you know, we build you from the inside out with our protein and our aminos and our, uh, our pre-workout drink, which I freaking live on now. Um, and, um, it's, it, I, I used to take a lot of amphetamines, let's say, <laughs> totally got me off Adderall. Like, man, it's great. Got me off of everything. And, um, and it doesn't give me the jitters. It's just enough. Um, but it's, it, you know, we build you from the inside. We want you, you know, to put in the proper nutrition to build yourself here. But we also are trying to, like I said, build you here and here just the way we, we are as a community, we train and coach together. And that's led to us having this MVP uh, charity as well, where same thing, I wanted to just build a community there. So every Wednesday night at Unbreakable, we bring in a hundred combat vets. It's not like five of them, a hundred combat vets and ex-pro athletes together where we train to give you that burn. And then we just sit on the wrestling mat, we talk out all our shit, talk out things that the rest of the world really probably won't understand, but we understand each other. and. Like, I'm trying to get everybody there to understand, like, man, they, they finish up with the military, they finish up with football, and they're just trying to fit in and be a face of the crowd. And I'm like, fuck that. Be the crowd. Let's be your own crowd. Like, be different, not, oh, I'm different. No, I'm different. Different is good. Different leads to success. And when you remind them that their greatness was what was behind the uniform, no one reminds them that anymore. Once we remind them of that again and we give them a team, their greatness. I mean, we're now in seven cities, six years. And, you know, the number of suicides we had in our, our group um, before they joined MVP was a very, 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 very high number. And since then, we have lost uh, one. Mm-hmm. One. One in six well, years. The thing I was thinking about, Jay, and, and, and probably up inside. The thing I was thinking about is you're working with a population. When these guys are young men, whether they're athletes in, on the field or, or in the ring, or they're 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 in combat and they're training for that, they're very mission oriented. They're very goal oriented. They're very team focused. And then what happens? What is that like when all of a sudden you go from that environment where you're so close and everybody's working towards the same goal? Then all of a sudden you're released out into the world, 
and you don't have that support system. You don't have your mates, your buddies, your friends right there because it happens with both athletes and soldiers. That's why I think – so with MVP, what what have you seen? What type of reaction or what type of purpose does it give people to get in the program? Not only that, think about this. For their whole lives, especially athletes, they've been told where to go, when to go, who to sit with, who to eat with, vets, who to go with, who to sit with, who to eat with. Here's your, oh, and like as one of our, one of our MVPers – um, actually, two of them together. One, Cammy Craig, who is a uh, two-time gold medalist and silver medalist in water polo, and um, she retired and she went through mental health struggles. She's like, I was a child. Like everybody always told me where to go, when I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do, and all of a sudden, like, she's like, I went from like kindergarten to junior high. Like all of a sudden, I have my own locker. I got my own schedule. Where do I go? I don't know. And our vets were saying the same exact thing. Like, man, we've been we signed up when we were 17. We got out when we are 27. We missed the whole, hey, this is how you do a checkbook. This is how you live, right? And it's, there's no, so I created a support system for them. And for them, as much for me, like I needed teams so the roommates in my head talk nicely to each other. My depression anxiety is bad. And it's from a variety of things, but it's from the earliest memory I have. And that's the other thing, Jay, is I think as we get a little bit older and you and I are about the same age, because I remember back to being a young man, you never want to show your vulnerability. You had this like you put on this armor of look how tough I am. But now, like you're sharing this weekend, I watched your show and you're talking about you reach out to some of your buddies when, when you're going you're going through something. Do you think that something about maturing and becoming a little bit older allows you to be a little more comfortable about being vulnerable? Well, I think at one point I said, man, no one's questioned my manhood. Like I've, it's not the stuff that I've done to Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. It's the shit that's done, that they've done to me. I'm not be a bad motherfucker. Scars are what makes me a bad motherfucker, right? Nothing else. My scars, I've got these scars. So I'm like, well, no one's questioned my manhood. See, I could cry. I could be open. No one's going to think I'm a wuss. And if I could do it, then other people are going to think they do it too. And when I started doing it in MVP and all these vets started crying and opening up and saying things that were so incredible, um, when we had combat vets said, yeah, I, I left, like opening up in front of a group of 100, 100 people, I went to the military because I was molested as a child and I was just kept victimized. So I went to the military to go get saved. And then when I was done, I could, clearly couldn't go back home. I had nowhere to go, so I was homeless. And li- listen, seven of my employees at MVP, I met them when they were, they were homeless. And now they're full on employees for MVP. These people are great. Our combat vets, man, they have to make decisions the drop of a dime out there so fast at least in fighting we get a minute in between rounds in football you get 45 seconds in between plays in combat you don't have that they don't give themselves enough credit because they're told not to have individuality they're told not to talk about it well the rest of the world we pump up our resumes they hide their resume that's got to fucking change i want to be the one to help change that and one once they they are kind of reminded it's okay. Like once they start talking about it, like I, God blessed me with the ability to communicate. So I'm the mouthpiece, but I learned most of this stuff from them. We have these huddles of a hundred people and the things I learned from them are just incredibly magical. And the things they learned from me, um, it's, a, it's really a give, give, and it's beautiful. And that's where we've been able to save a lot of lives. And just like suicide is not an option for our crew where it used to be an option. And my hope um, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm doing this book, this unbreakable book. I'm giving a lot of the lessons in 
my book that's coming out that we learned from MVP to the rest of the world, because I think it's going to be this group of veterans and athletes that if we can give them our lessons, and we've had so much success there. You know, when I did the interview with Lane Johnson this week, we get several messages from people who said they were going to commit suicide that day, and now they won't. It's like, man, I, I thought well, this was only happening to me. You guys talked about it, you too. I'm going to go get help today. So I'm going to continue to do that. I'm Listen, I'm fucked up, but I'm proud of my fucked upness. I'm good with it. Well, one of the things I was, I was listening to this stuff, Jay, and I was watching this, I'm sober. I've been sober. I've been in and out of recovery for a number of years. I've dealt with depression. So that's one of the reasons why this is so important because I see it, a lot of people I see it in recovery. I've met a lot of veterans in recovery. I've met a lot of former athletes in recovery, and there's a lot of drug use and alcohol use of people trying to cover up these exact feelings. So as we wrap up here, I want to be very respectful of your time, and I know you got a lot going on. But can you share with us, I mean, I know what you just said about reducing suicide is so important, but is there like one one example of what you can give, just how you've seen somebody turn it around and then let people know how they can get involved, that they have family members, a veteran that might be suffering, how could they get involved in MVP? Yeah, well, um, just go to vetsandplayers.org. We are free, free, every combat vet, every pro athlete. And we need to build these teams because you never know what you're going to learn from. Um, like we had, we actually had a, an executive come in not too long ago. And for the first time opened up and said, he's crying. He's never told anybody else, but our group saying, you know, my child, it turns out has autism and she's 14 and we never knew. And she's had all these other issues. And now I'm so angry. The doctors never told us. And one of our vets said, okay, here's what you're going to have to do because I take care of both my siblings. who are both adult autism. And here's the challenges, and here's how you have to do it. Like, the, the, the brilliance in this room, the connectivity, like, that we learn from each other. We can handle anything together, right? You got fighters and war fighters and football fighters in there. Man, we could handle anything together. But what I tell people out there is, man, you never know what lies around next Tuesday. For those who are struggling, find a way to be of service. Like, for me, this helps me. Find a team, but find a way to be of service. That may mean... Go volunteer or some, some place that's going to make you feel good, whether it's with the elderly or children or an animal shelter or the homeless or just it doesn't have to cost you anything or it could cost you a lot, but be of service and keep doing it. And then for those who are, you know, the reason why we have such great success is I tell our crew, listen, it's a hard world out there. So we're all comparing ourselves to everybody else's filtered fraction of a second on Instagram. It's bullshit. We're not meant to see so much hate and to feel so left out. So all of a sudden you think, well, my life sucks, but Johnny just killed himself. And everybody's saying, oh my gosh, Johnny, I love Johnny. And you're going, well, I want that kind of love, so I'm going to do it. So that's how it becomes a quick epidemic. But the biggest thing that I've been able to change with them is I throw the elephant in the room. We had a day where one of our, our, um, one of our guys' teammates killed himself. And he was going to see this guy on a Saturday. Guy called him Friday. And he didn't take the call Friday because he's like, I'm just going to see him the next day. And he killed himself. And he's in the room and goes, I have to live with that pain forever. And I said, that's not you, dude. It has nothing to do with you. That's not, and I said, for everybody in this room, we had 100 people in the room. I said, show of hands in here, how many of y'all have tried to kill yourself? 80 hands go up. I said, okay, how bad do you feel for him right now? They're like, oh, terrible. Okay, well, this is what you would have left behind. This is what you would have left behind. And I said, do you think... And you're all crying in this room right now. You think that your, your friend, who's whatever afterlife you believe in, 
you think he's in the afterlife right now seeing all y'all cry and be like, yes, I'm doing a happy dance? Or do you think he's sitting up there going, no, fuck, I didn't want to do this to my brothers. What did I do? No, I wish I could have a give back. I wish I could take it back. Well, this is your chance to have a get back. This is your chance to see what it would have been like. And that's why we don't fucking do it. And it's just it's clicked. It's just clicked. That, that's awesome, man. Get them around, man. Because there's there's been some people we have that, you know, we have a vet named Kirstie Ennis. Go look her up. Amazing. And she's tried three times and asked me for a fourth to let her go. And I'm like, no, KE, you're going to save too many people. You can't do it. We need you here. And you never know what lies around next Tuesday. And she didn't do it because I, I said, not letting you do it. And we need you. And she has since, thank God she didn't, she has saved a lot of other people's lives. Holy, especially she's an amputee. She's mm. So many amputees. That's why we have to do it. We need to hold on there for each other. And, and to wrap up real quick, how important is it to grab somebody and, and share when you're just having one of those days? I love the fact, I love this, this concept of the roommates in your head. And, and, but how important is it to grab somebody and just say, you know what? Today's not the best day for me. Yeah. And it was so weird. Like, man, I, I, Strahan's my best friend. And only, like, I, I tell Harry Long and I tell Kurt Menefee when I'm having bad days. And Howie sometimes will see it, because Howie used to be crazy. So Howie will see and go, hey, hey, put me in a room. Hey, the world's not ending. And you can't tell me that. Like, in my mind, like, I don't want it. Here's the thing, too. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to live with this abuser. Okay? But I ain't going to fucking let it win. It did for a while. It's not going to win. But here's my best friend, Michael Strahan. And two weeks ago, I got woken up by this wave of doom. I woken up. Like, my life is just ending. Everything's horrible. Oh, man. And, um, and I was supposed to go to dinner with Strahan that night. And I called him. I said, hey, man, I can't make it to dinner tonight. He said, why? I said, man, I just, my depression and anxiety just kicked my ass, bro. I feel like I've come out of a 50-round fight. I just... I just need, I just want to go to sleep and get, and he said to me, can I come over and talk about it? And I said, nah, I'm all right. He goes, what do you need from me? I said, I think I just need to get some sleep and, and, and hope that tomorrow is a better day. And he said, why have you never told me about this? I've been friends with you for 30 years. Why? Like he knew I had it, by, but I've never said that to him. Why have you never told me about these? I said, ah, fuck, I don't know. Because there's a shame. Like Lane Johnson said in the interview, we have this shame. Now I'm trying to take that shame out. And like, had I not had shame, my best friend would have been able to help me for 30 years. Instead, I wasn't willing to take, I let my ego get in the way and I didn't want to be ashamed. And he and I, Michael and I compete. We're so competitive. So I guess that was going to show the weakness. And because of that ego that involved, I didn't have a chance to have my best friend help me for 30 years. And man, I regret that. But now, uh, I could turn to him and his reaction was fucking beautiful. So for everybody out there, if you're ashamed or afraid to tell your friends, everybody I've told has got me closer together together with them. This past year, I was the first time I sat with Rondé Barber, who's been one of my best friends I've ever had since, the, since he got drafted. And we have a whole crew together, me, him, a guy named Ben Helfun and Brian Radigan. And, and Raheem Morris is in that group too. And I was down at the Super Bowl and I had one of those days and I said, hey man, I need to see all you guys. So what's up? He, he thought I was making some big announcement. I said, hey, man, I just need to see you, man. I'm, and then I, I kind of really told them how bad my depression and anxiety is. And they're like, why have you never told us this before? 
I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing now. So that's what I'm doing now with people to get them to understand. But the other thing I want you to understand, I'm not using it as a crutch. Like my depression and anxiety has led me to be this successful. Like my lack of ability to love myself from the inside has made me do all these great things on the outside to make me feel some love. So I'm not going to let it end me. I'm going to continue to have it empower me. And, and so your unbreakable line of supplements supports the MVP program and people can get those from GNC. How, I mean, what type of, what type of supplements you have? Cause I'd love that tie in. Cause you're making, cause look, training dude is about getting through hard stuff. Training is about making yourself better. And that's what you're talking about with this MVP program, just bringing people together. And so unbreakable supplements at GNC, they go to support this program, right? Absolutely. So not only the portion of the proceeds uh, goes to uh, support MVP, but the CEO, Josh Burris, um, donated, he pledged a million dollars already, which we've been able to open two chapters as a result. We're going to open a third, and they are all in. Like, they're so all in. And again, they're like, this stands for something. And I asked him, I went out there and said, how many products do you know stand for stuff? Like, this is, this is saving lives. When I tell you how many suicide attempts we had before us and it getting erased to just one, it's pretty damn glaring. So we need this out there. And with GNC's help, um, so you could then um, go and when you're at the register or, or online, you could round up to the nearest dollar or even more. Um, they, are, they have all these different promotions throughout the year. But, man, they've saved a lot of lives already. And, you know, they're also helping us. One of my messages, too, is like our veterans, and I want them to be proud of what they've done. A lot of them live in shame because they're told not to talk about it. Fuck that. You got to start being proud of your scars. And, you know, our football players, it's not, oh, I used to play in the NFL. Motherfucker, you played in the NFL, right? And you play in the NFL is not who you are. What's behind your ribcage that got you to be out millions and millions and millions? That's who you are. It doesn't suddenly just leave when the uniform comes off. And I put them with the vets because it brings the vets up, right? And the vets bring them up. And But our combat vets, they go, all these great things, and they come back over here, and they're like, oh, I'm different. I'm like, no, dude, you're different. Different is good. Different leads to success. Okay, but somebody needs to tell them that. We're the ones that are going to carry the torch to get them to understand that what makes them different needs to be embraced so they can be successful. And it's just been, it's been beautiful. We got a lot of them off disability. Um, again, because we want our scars to empower us. We don't want our scars to debilitate us. That's awesome, Jay. Well, I'll leave it there. Uh, where can people get information about Unbreakable, what you're doing? I know you've got a killer Instagram feed. I've been following you just the last couple of weeks. I love seeing what you're doing and the, and the stuff you put out on it. But where can people get more information about Unbreakable and find out how you're helping veterans save their lives? Yeah, go to... Um we have Instagram, we're at Unbreakable GNC. Um, my Instagram as well, uh, GNC Liberal, but also just go to our website, uh, MVP, vetsandplayers.org, uh, vetsandplayers.org. And yes, please go buy our supplement line. Again, a portion of those proceeds goes directly to saving our veterans. Again, to reiterate, this was a rerun from the fall of 2021. I'm not sure if Jay is working with GNC or if GNC is promoting MVP and Unbreakable, but that doesn't matter. I honestly, I wanted to run this because as I mentioned in the intro, I had a little flare up of my own mental health, uh, my, my own mental health this summer. And it really, this is such an important issue that we can't just push it back. We can't, you know, we can't uh, brush it off. And that's why, I mean, this 
if you're ever feeling in a bad place, if you're ever feeling dark, if you're ever feeling lonely, reach out to somebody. Go be around other people. And this might sound a little out there. Remember, I'm recording this in Southern California. I live in North County, San Diego. I live in a phenomenal area. Being in a place like this, you start thinking different things or there's different energy around here. And I really believe that we as humans are like hive-minded creatures, meaning I know I function much better when I'm around other people. I do. I don't know about you. Throughout my life, whether it's my fraternity in college, playing rugby with the different clubs I was with and, and the men I met and the, and the people I competed with and against, being at work and having very mission-oriented work, helping clients, you're, you're working in a gym. One of the things I love about a gym, being in a gym, is everybody's there for the same reason. You're there to get better that day. You're there to, to push yourself to try to get better, to try to do something, to try to change your lives. The point is, we, 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 I think as humans, we are hive-minded creatures. We function better together than we do independently. And so Jay bringing people, combat veterans, former athletes together, and, and I really resonate with that because as a former very competitive rugby player, I had a number of concussions. And I know that's one of the things that probably has made my depression worse as opposed to better. I just you know, it's the head trauma, and that's one of the reasons why I'm a fierce advocate, and why I do two, three, maybe four, but maybe always two or three high intensity workouts a week, is because the science I've read, everything that I've read, preparing my books, researching, doing all that fun stuff, high intensity exercise really does promote and stimulate growth of brain cells. It produces something called brain derived neurotrophic factor, which helps repair your brain. So for anybody, if you, if you deal with depression, if you, if you have PTSD, if you are in a tough spot, hey, a tough workout, really grind it out for a tough workout. Number one, it's a sense of accomplishment. You feel like you did something that day. You did do something and you got better. You got 1% better. Every workout, unless you're in a completely fatigued and overtrained state, almost every workout, I should clarify that, almost every workout should make you a little bit better, even if it's an easy recovery workout. It is still moving in that getting 1% better per day option. Such an important topic. And I value you as listeners. That's why I'm not trying to just rerun things. I really, if I rerun an episode, there's a purpose for it. It's because there's a message there that I want you to hear. Like I said in the intro, I got a number of great episodes, a number of great interviews coming up. I think this is the last rerun I'm going to have for a while. But it was one that was so important and I wanted to pay a tribute to the men and women of our services, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say men and women. I want to pay a tribute to the people who, who are in our armed services who put their lives on the line and, and, and really do what they can to protect us. And to anybody out there, any of us that might be struggling with a little mental health issue, there's nothing wrong with that. Reach out to someone and let them know. Just reach out to someone and you got it. Hey, as always, thanks for stopping by, and I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of the All About Fitness Podcast.